I believe he would have went to somebody and said, you got to get out of here. We got a real important baby being born here. In fact, this baby is so important. He's the son of God. And I'm going to put that on the billboard after he's born. The son of God was born here. I will always have somebody coming here. I can take advantage of that. But he didn't because he didn't know. Now, the innkeeper's not a bad man. He's just a busy man. So I ask you a question this morning. How busy are you? Are we too busy to recognize that Christ wants to be in our lives? Are we too busy to have a room for Christ? Are we so caught up in everything that's going on around us, the making of money, the plans that we made, and all those things, are they're not bad. But is there a point in our lives when that becomes so dominant that we can miss Christ? We can say that in our life, and in my lifestyle, I don't have room for Christ. People do that. We see it all the time. He's not a bad man. He's just a busy man. We're not bad people because we're busy. No, we're not bad because things that the, 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 the schedules of our life, it doesn't make us bad. What makes us bad is when we exclude Christ and say there's never going to be room for him. Second person that was missed Christ is found in Matthew chapter 2. If you'll flip back to Matthew. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Second person to miss Christ or miss the Christmas was Herod. See, the wise men came. And they came with a question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Am I not the king of the Jews? Well, what do you mean? I'm Herod. I'm the king of the Jews. What do you mean? Where is he born king of the Jews? What star did you see? And all of a sudden, there's another king vying for the throne. It's easy to miss Christmas when we don't want another king on the throne. It's easy for all of us to not want competition. You know how to miss Christmas? It's not let Jesus on the throne. Not to accept him as the king. That's what Herod did. Herod says, no, no, there, there's no, there's no other king. I'm the king. And he began troubled about it. It was it was something that was eating at him. He didn't have room for Jesus on the throne. It's hard to have two kings on the throne, isn't it? Is that pertinent to me and you? Yes. Because there are times when we don't let Jesus be the king on our throne. We don't want him ruling in certain areas of our lives. We don't want him having command. We don't want him being our point. We don't want him being the voice that we listen to. You know, we, won't, we don't mind Jesus being in the vicinity. We just don't want him on the throne. It's okay if he's down in Bethlehem as long as he's not in Jerusalem. 
It's okay if I keep Jesus off to the side, but dare I put him in my life as the ruler and the chief and the, and the, the captain of my salvation? Is, if I do that, that means that I'm not in charge. And let's be honest with each other on this, Christmas, on this Christmas day or Christmas season. We like being in charge, don't we? Anybody in here not like being in charge? No, we like being in charge. We do. And sometimes when Jesus comes along and says, no, we don't want to hear that. When sometimes when Jesus comes along and says, yes, we don't want to hear that. When Jesus comes along and says, let me be the king of your life. Let me rule you. Let me guide you. Let me take care of you. <clears throat> let me be the very thing in your life. We just sort of back away from it a little bit. Because we'll take Jesus in the vicinity. But mm, don't let him mess with my pleasures. Mm, don't let him mess with my attitudes. Mm, don't, don't let him mess with this or the act. Jesus. Herod was very, very stubborn. He didn't want to get off the throne. You see, we, I believe we live in the last verse of that poem, Invectus. It says this, It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with persecution the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. We like that, don't we? We like to be the masters of our fate. We like to be the captain of our souls. And when we do that, we're going to miss Christ. We're going to miss Christmas. Whenever Morris doesn't want to share the throne, whenever Morris doesn't get off of the throne, let me tell you something, I will miss Christmas and so will you. Completely. Herod was messed up about it. The Bible says he was troubled, which means that he was agitated and irritated and frustrated that there was somebody else vying for his throne. But not only was he troubled, he troubled all Jerusalem with it. You know, I'm sorry to say that we have, but we have sanitized the Christmas story to make it more acceptable. We, we have the beautiful nativity scene. But how many of you know it was anything but that that night? It was not a silent night. It was anything but that. Because the Bible teaches us that every male child two years old and below were murdered, were killed because of the rage of Herod. Crying in the streets because a king is threatening his throne. It's a terrible story, this Christmas story, this first story is not like what we see it today. It's very, very haunting. It's very much that when Christ comes in, he causes trouble. I, I would submit to all of us today that when Christ comes to be the king of our lives, to, to want to sit on our, it can cause some trouble because we don't want it. And Herod didn't want it, and he caused trouble throughout the region. I think the reason that we have such problems in our societies today, in our culture, in our politics, in our leadership, in our government, is because Christ has been excluded. They don't want Christ ruling. Oh, they, they, they will 
they will acknowledge a little bit, but there's not that depth of saying we want the Lord to lead us. How wonderful it would be if we would have political leaders to stand up and say, we don't have the answers, but we want to turn to the one who has the answers. You think that would go over? I don't think so. But that's what is needed. You see, we want God to be the spare tire in the emergency. We want him to be the co-pilot, but not the pilot. We want an occasional thought about him, but we don't want our minds occupied with him. If Jesus can't silence us, if Jesus can't guide us, if Jesus can't collect, uh, correct us, if Jesus cannot be the voice that we're hearing, then we're not really celebrating Christmas. We're just having a party. Right? Third group of people that miss Jesus is found here in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3. And when he had gathered the chief priests, the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem, Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet Micah, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd his people, Israel. The third group of people that missed Christ at Christmas time were the religious folk. You see, when Herod was questioned by the, the wise men, he had enough Bible knowledge, he had enough understanding to call in the scribes and the priests, the ones who were to, to know. And he said, where is this child going to be born? And they knew the Bible. Oh, Micah, the prophet, said he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem's only about six or seven miles from Jerusalem. Do you know you can miss Christ, miss Christmas, and know all about the Bible? You can. You can know all about the Bible. These scribes and these Pharise uh, these uh, these scribes and the Pharisees, uh, the 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 priests, the high priest, and the the scribes. They knew the Bible. They knew exactly where he was going to be born. But get this: they didn't go there. They didn't go to Bethlehem. They didn't go to see this thing. They were the educated and the well-versed and the ones who had been to seminary and the ones who had an understanding of the Scripture. But they didn't go there. Guess who went? The shepherds. The shepherds went. See, we can be so religious in our faith and in our belief that if we're not careful, we'll miss Christ. We'll miss it. So you can know all about the Bible and not know the Christ of the Bible. I am told that in some seminaries today that there are actually professors teaching the Word of God that they themselves claim to be atheists. That they know this word, they know the Hebrew and the Greek and the tenses of the verbs, and, <coughs> excuse me, and they know all of the histories, but they don't know Jesus. And that's the very, very problem of this time, is sometimes we can just get so churchy and we can become so religious that we forget Jesus. 
scribes didn't go see him. You can know this word, but if you don't know the living word, then it's just another word. This written word, and you should know it, I put a high premium on knowing this word. You know that all these years. You know how much I put a high premium on knowing the word. You have to know this word, but it needs to lead you to the living word. It needs to lead you to the Christ of this Bible. Without it, it's just history. Without it, it's just story. Without having that relationship, without going and finding the Christ and letting him come into your life, it is just a book. So the third group were the people who were the most religious, who were the most learned, the religious folks. The wise men come to Jesus. And then the nativity scenes are inaccurate. I know you know this. The wise men did not come at his birth. They come about two years later. Well, that's why the decree went out to kill all the children under two years of age. When the wise men come, they don't find a baby in a manger. They find a young child in a house. When the wise men come, they have traveled a long distance. For they obviously saw his star at the moment of his birth, and it set them on a journey. We don't know exactly where they came from, but we know that they crossed large spaces of land to get there. The point I'd like to bring out to us this morning that they believed that the journey was worth the sacrifice. They believed the journey was worth the travel. They believed that it was worth whatever it took to get to them. We have people who won't come to church that live two miles away, one mile away across the street. These wise men said, we'll travel as long as it takes and as far as it takes to get to this Christ. Don't you want to be like that? Whatever it takes to get to Jesus, let's do it. Whatever it takes to get to him, let's pay the price. The prophecy 700 years before that said he would be born here. Why do I love the Bible so? It's because you can count on it. I mean, 700 years before Jesus is born, Michael says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, if you can predict something 700 years ahead, and be accurate down to the very city that he's going to be born in, I can hang with this book. I can believe in it. Jesus said in John's gospel, John chapter 5 and verse 39, he said this. He said, you have searched the scriptures where you thought you have found them, but you have not come to me. You thought that you saw me. You thought that you heard me. You thought that you felt me. You thought you know me, but you did not come to me. You searched the Scripture. In all of our searching, let's make sure we find him. Let me close with this thought this morning. Making a big deal about Jesus is Christmas. I think we ought to make a big deal about him all the time. I think we ought to make a big deal about Jesus every day of the week, not just at Christmas time. 
I think we need to be excited about Jesus, talking about Jesus, telling others about Jesus, loving Jesus all the time because he is worthy. So let me ask you something. Is there room in your life for him? Is there room in your busyness? Is there room in your family for him every day of the week, every week of the year? Is there room for him? Number two, who's on the throne of your life? Are you content to be there and don't want any competitors? Are you happy just to be in control? Or do you want him to take over? That means you've got to get off. It means you've got to bow down. You've got to, 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 to step aside from rulership. That's not easy. We're, all of us, we're deep-seated pioneers. We want to conquer it. The third thing is he worth going after. The scribes didn't think so. The high priest didn't think so. Six miles away, and here was the Son of God. They read the prophecy. They knew the prophecy. This child was to be born. He was going to be king. He was going to be the ruler. And they don't go to see him. Is Christ worth the journey for you? He should be. No matter what it costs, he should be worth and worthy of your journey. We've got just a couple of more weeks till Christmas. Just a couple of more, just a few more days. This time next week will be a Christmas sermon because the next few days will be Christmas itself. So can I invite you and can I urge you to not miss Christmas? Not miss Christ. It's easy to do. We're well-meaning. We go to church. We pay our tithes. We sing praises. We tell people about Jesus. We witness. We pray for folks. We do all of that. And that's what we should be doing. But sometime this week, would you just set aside some time just to ask yourself these questions. Is there room for Jesus in all of my life? Is he ruler in all of my life? And am I willing to pay whatever it takes to get to him? Am I willing to pay the price? I think when we do that, we're going to have a better Christmas. And I think when we celebrate a better Christmas, God is happy about that. Because this whole thing revolves around him sending his son to die on a cross, to deal with sin, to give us life, to take us to be with him. Forget everything else you ever think about Jesus. That's his purpose. He didn't come to make you rich. He didn't come to make me rich. He didn't come to give us a Cadillac. He didn't come to make us most popular. He didn't come to do a whole lot of things that we tie into him. He came to save the lost. He came to give us a home in heaven. He came to take over our lives and to live in us. He came to make us his children. And that's not bad. Think about that. It's not bad to be his kid in anything. Amen. Bow your heads and let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, you're so good to us in so many ways. I don't want to miss you, Lord, at anything. I, I don't want to be so busy that I miss you. I don't want to be so wrapped up in my world and the blessings that you've brought to me I don't want to be so 
tied up with what's going on around me that I, I will miss the absolute entrance of Christ into my life who wants to be there. I don't want anybody on the throne but you, Lord. And I ask you to forgive me for all the times that I've crawled back on the throne. You are King of kings and you're Lord of lords. And I want you to be my ruler, my sovereign. I want to hear your voice and your voice only. Forgive me for all the times that I've listened to myself. Lord, I, I, want, to, I want to pay the price. I, I want to go the distance. I want to, I want to come to your presence, Lord. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. I don't want to be able just to quote Scripture. I want Scripture to change me. I don't want just the written Word. I want the living Word in my life so that I can celebrate Christmas every day of the year, every year of my life. To know that you came to die on a cross for us, that, that you came to make sin go away, that you came to break us to bring us out of darkness and break the bondage. Thank you, Lord. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. We want that, Lord. It only comes when we celebrate you as the Christ, as Christmas. thanks and praise today, Lord. And I ask this in the abundant name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. Thank you. Let's stand this morning. Again, let me say how thankful I am that you're here in the house of the Lord on this morning. Again, if this is your first time, welcome to Crossroads. We hope that you'll come back. We hope that whatever you do in life that you pursue Jesus we hope that whatever you do in life you have room for him and that he's the ruler of your life amen amen you're standing by a family member I hope take their hand I know that's probably not COVID approved but you're in your family Would you just make this declaration with me? Jesus, I'm making room for you. You're ruler of my life. And you're worth the price. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. No church this Wednesday night. Next Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. And then let's get ready for the Christmas Eve service on the 24th. Amen. Thank you.